Welcome to the RV Dreaming Podcast. And hi again. Welcome back to the RV Dreaming Podcast. I'm your host, Stuart, from Stuart Doing Stuff. Be sure to track me down on Instagram at Stuart Doing Stuff and follow me there. I'm really excited that you're here because, as you know, we've, we've just kind of launched the podcast. We've got eight amazing episodes that are out right now. And it seems like every time we start to try and launch a new, uh, a new podcast to record, I think it's something new and better that I want to add to it. And I want to introduce you to something this time that I, I want to carry on through future podcasts. But enough about that for now. Today's episode is all about giving and sharing. We're going to talk later on today with World Share family, Joe Myers. And he, when, when their family launched, they were all about service. And he's going to talk about different ways that you can volunteer while you're out doing your travels. And I also wanted to cover a couple other things because I came across this story. We all know about the horrible fires that were going on in Mass that just obliterated, you know, the entire town of Lahaina. And I've been there. I love Maui. That's a, a fantastic place. Uh, but the the story that's not always being told is all these homes that were lost, a lot of them belong to first responders. They belong to the firefighters. And I came across this story from ABC News. And I want to play it for you a little bit right now. It's about a nonprofit organization based in Denver, Colorado. It's called Emergency RV. And they provide emergency housing in RVs for first responders. And they're sending right now donated RVs to Maui that firefighters and other first responders can live in. Here, take a listen to this. Finally tonight here, driving across country and right onto a ship for the firefighters of Maui. We have reported here on the brave firefighters who lost their own homes while battling the fires on Maui. Tonight, the father and daughter here on the mainland we first introduced you to two years ago. Now, they're at it again, this time trying to help the firefighters on Maui. You're doing a really good job driving, Dad. Thanks, Luna. Woody Faircloth and his daughter, Luna, starting the nonprofit Emergency RV, connecting donated RVs to families who need them. They have given 136 RVs, and already tonight, five RVs are on their way to Maui. Some donated by current and former firefighters. That's retired firefighter Chris Plank on the left, one of the donors. And Woody and Luna at the start of their journey. Hi, David. Father and daughter checking in with us. We are taking this RV from Denver to San Diego. Starting in Denver with a group of volunteers driving through Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Nevada, all to get to California where the RVs will then be shipped. And the best part about driving one of these from Denver to San Diego is we get to see this beautiful American landscape. Taking in the sights. Look how pretty this place is. And after 17 hours, 1,090 miles, Woody and Luna and the team arriving in San Diego. Hi, David. Come on in. Showing us the RV. This will be the firefighters' family's new home. A nice master bedroom in here. The kitchen's amazing. This, I think, is Luna's favorite part. It's the bunkhouse. And tonight, we are happy to report those RVs are now on their way to Maui, expected to arrive next week. Over our shoulder is a ship that has 
the five RVs were sending to the firefighters in Hawaii, and we are just so grateful to the donors who donated their trailers, and we are so grateful to the firefighters who lost their homes while protecting their community. We think they're heroes and deserve a nice place to sleep, and so we're excited for those RVs to get over to them. Thanks so much. Bye, David. Bye. Woody and Luna and their incredible effort tonight. That's just a great story, such a heartwarming story where fire can destroy a community, but yet still brings people together. I highly encourage you to go and check them out at emergencyrv.org. If you have an RV that you're looking to donate, I'm sure they can put it to good use. That's emergencyrv.org. Here's a story coming out of Salt Lake City. You got this from KTVU.com. Salt Lake man reportedly torches a victim's RV camper after attempting identity theft. Oh, man. If uh, Salt Lake City, a man is facing several felony charges after officers said he set a person's RV on fire after stealing several of their ID documents. Officials with the Salt Lake Police Department said that the investigation began last Sunday after 4 p.m. when a officer responded to an RV fire. Upon arrival, the officer found a Chevy Blazer with a trailer attached engulfed in flames They were saying that they saw somebody, they tracked him down, and now they have a gentleman, Kevin Frank Irons, 42-year-old, in custody. It looks like Irons was taken to the scene of the fire, and the owner of the trailer identified some personal belongings. He's been booked into the South Lake County Jail on first-degree felony charges of aggravated arson, second-degree felony charges of residential burglary, and third-degree felony charges of unlawful possession of another ID and a Class A misdemeanor. Of a vehicle burglary. What's going on in the world nowadays? Join the conversation. Facebook.com slash RV Dreaming TV. Or leave us a voice message on our hotline. 714 9824 714-623-9824. 714-623-9824. Leave us a voice message. You might just hear yourself on an upcoming episode of the RV Dreaming Podcast. Live your life within the moment, moment. And don't go wait until the morning, morning You never know when it is over, over All that I know is we'll get older, older So let us dance this side away We get lost in the crowd, it's getting thicker We get away, get away from the drinks and chatter Haven't said a word, but it doesn't matter Feel the air getting there Standing in a blurry dream No one else can see us Live your life within the moment That's the side of way
no one else can see us. So let us dance this side away. Welcome back to the RV Dreaming Podcast. We talked about wanting to make this episode about giving and sharing. And our next guest is doing just that, putting compassion into action. We have Joe Myers from WorldShare. WorldShare founders Joe and Tara had careers that brought them all over the globe where they experienced many impoverished communities in need. They sought to serve others while traveling, but as a family traveling with young children, they saw a gap in the opportunities to serve in a way that was simple, impactful, and allowed them to include their children. And as a result, they established WorldShare to make it easy for individuals and families to get involved, give back, and make an impact at home and while traveling. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the RV Dreaming Podcast, Joe Myers. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for this for this podcast and this inspiration and really, really encouraging a conversation about the, the dream of podcasts. My favorite thing is when I meet non-RVers, mm-hmm. they say, you're living my dream. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, the, it's a really good feeling. It's our dream as well. We're not doing this for anybody else or for the gram or for likes or anything, which is it's a big part of this conversation. There are millions not understated that this is what they want to do every day. So thanks for encouraging this population. You mentioned a really big why, you know, when you're when you're traveling. We talk about that a lot. Let's talk about what that means. And let's talk about what that means more specifically for you too. In your opinion, what is the why for somebody, not necessarily you, but for someone that may want to try and pack up and live the RV life? I would say it's there's twofold from what we've seen out there. We've been doing this for almost two and a half years. There's one is I need to reset whether there is, you know, we've had fr- friends with medical issues, friends being overworked at work, friends sort of like the daily grind of every day is not fulfilling. They, they, they read in a book one day or were watched a television show or however the American dream is presented nowadays mm-hmm. that like, that's it. You get the house, you get the job, you run around with your kiddos all day long and there'll be joy at the end of that rainbow. And, and that didn't happen for them. So that's one bucket. And then I think the other one is the sense of adventure and the sense of living not on the edge by any means, but a little more reliant on every day, on everyday people, on things working, on things outside of your control. When you're in the RV world, you can you can map out and you can plan, but you're not going to know what the weather is. A freak storm might come in there. The laundry machines might break. Your 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 black. You know the list goes on and on of things that are like not a part of quote unquote the normal nine to five. I think that's sort of the the two buckets. There is like uh, I I need to reset. It doesn't really matter. Let's reset. Let's sell the house. Let's sell the world. And then the other side is like I need I I need to live closer to the edge and a little more sense of adventure and. Every day is new and I want to meet 50 new friends this week versus at home. Like you maybe meet one a month, you know, like if you're lucky and very social. 
You know, that's the thing that we were talking about before in a different show. People say, oh, I have community. I live in a condo. I live in a downtown urban environment. You know, I see yeah. my neighbors all the time. I love my community. But the you dig down into it. And really, a lot of times it's, oh, yeah, I live in this big apartment building or this big condo complex. And I might see my neighbors for two minutes in an elevator ride going mm-hmm. to the parking garage or passing in the hallways or something like that. Yeah. That's not really community. You know, that's just kind of getting to know your neighbors or maybe knowing their names or, oh, yeah, you live two doors over and one flight up for me. You know, it's it's different than that when you're in the RV world. The RV world is a completely different type. There's so many people that have said that they are more tight with their nomadic community than they were ever living in a city or in a in a neighborhood with, you know, with with real neighbors, with real people. A hundred percent. The only equivalency I've seen is in the cruise ship. If you've ever been on a cruise ship. Mm -hmm. Everyone's really on the same vibe. And we have really good friends that we spent four days with on a cruise ship. That's it. Four days. I've spent four days with a lot more people, but these friends, like we were in a cruise ship in a small environment and living and working and life, lifing together. And I think that's equivalent to the RV world is where like, I could be sitting next to somebody. We have some good friends and we, we camp next to them for a week, less than a week. And we're like, we consider ourselves really good friends. Mm-hmm. Like we talk to them, we check like people that I've lived next to for years in my sticks and bricks. I don't even know their birthday. I don't even know where they are right now. I don't even know what they're doing. Right. Yeah. So yeah, there is this, there is this sort of forced bondedness when like your living space is boiled down to the essentials. So you don't become comfortable away from people. Very, very well said. You, we, we're talking about the why people travel or why the, the, your two bu- the two buckets that you mentioned. What about for you, you and your yeah. family? For people who don't know, let's kind of take a step back and recap this for a bit. You travel with yeah. your family or you, you, you tell your story. Love it. Yeah. So, so my wife, uh, two kids and a dog, uh, very full. And so when we were at home, sticks and bricks, we were heavily involved in our church heavily involved in service projects. We did Meals on Wheels, stuff for Make-A-Wish. We're serving at the church, working at food banks, volunteering. And so when we went on the road, I was actually challenged by one of my marriage mentors, been with me for a decade now. And he was like, well, how are you serving? How are you showing up for God on the road? And we kind of just thought like, well, we're going to be at state parks and we'll do our normal internal prayer stuff. And that's important and that's good. But like, how are you showing up? Like, you're going to be on the road for a while. Like, are you just going to lose the service part of you on the road? Because if you've never tried to travel and serve, it is incredibly difficult. You try to show up to places, you need to fill out a bunch of the paperwork, they're designed to have people come multiple, multiple times, not for nomads. So you did some park cleanups and there's things and whatever we can do. And so we're, me and my wife are very entrepreneurial. So we started an organization called World Share, really encouraging people to give with their time, time, talents, and resources, however that would be. And so we're the facilitators of that. So we've done big pack events, we've cleaned up and we make it really simple and easy. And we target the nomadic community as well. And then about two years ago, we created these impact pack kit. They're sort of sandwich size bags. Inside of them are full of goodies and encouragement and free access to really good resources and healthy snacks and coloring and bubbles and really a way for you to like on the road. For us, our heart is for young kids. We have young kids. And so so when we see young kids struggling, that's really our why is to help them and encourage them. And so that's really where those kits are perfect for. Four to 12, you can show up, love on these kids. Hey, check this out. 
here's a really free gift, nothing really high value. So they're not trying to take it to sell it or it's really to develop a relationship with them, handed it out to kids and then hung out with them and their family all day. Um, we use it to really encourage those conversations. And then on top of that, we do street evangelism while we're traveling to, to really you know, encourage people and, and love on people and make their day as we, as we travel. So that really is part of our bucket. It's not why we travel. It's when we're, no matter where we're going to be, we're going to do that. So we just shifted it to traveling. It's not the reason you're on the road, but you don't, it's an, it's a part of you that you don't want to lose. Yeah. And I I think that's a part of the conversation too, is kind of the non-negotiables, no matter, you know, what those are in your life. And maybe it's your 60 inch TV and that's on you outside of the materialistic things. What are those non-negotiables like dinner for us? That's a non-negotiable. No matter what we're doing, we have to have family dinners, you know, time spent as a family, that's a non-negotiable. So we adjust our our priorities to incur include our non-negotiables in it. And once you really boil it down, there's a mathematical principle called Pareto. It's the 80-20 rule, if anybody's ever heard of it outside of that. But it's like 80% of your joy comes from 20% or less of your activities. And so if you don't understand where that 80-20 is in your life, you, there's a lot of stuff that's going to fill your fill your time, but not your joy. You know, it's, it's interesting that you, you, you put it that way because it's true. A lot of people don't think about it. Here's a question that how do you deal with things as a family? Because people get joy from different experiences you know maybe what fills you up and that, and that particular joy has some amount for someone else but maybe your wife or your kids get joy from someone else how do you balance making just checking in with everybody making sure that everybody is you know being fed in, in that way certainly so before a trip we still have a sticks and bricks and now we're in it way less so we still consider these trips if we come back home for a long time for this time we were home for three weeks and that considered a new trip. <laughs> Wasn't that long, but it, it felt like a new trip. We'll come together as a family of like, what do you want to do more of? What do you want to do less of? And what's something new you want to try? We'll do it for the four-year-old. He's been on the road for two and a half years. And then even for my wife. And we always encourage everybody to have something you're dreaming at, tr- dreaming about on the horizon. When we get there, I want to do this. When we do this, I want to do that. And so th- we just encourage that as as frequently as possible to ensure that everyone feels like the challenge of RV life. And there certainly is, I don't want to sugarcoat it (laughs) of like the drive days and the setup and the moving. We moved yesterday midweek and it was like, we moved 13 minutes and it took us an hour and a half, right? (laughs) Like it was like, Oh, like, and then there was stuff and things and you still have to do all the checklist, even if you're moving 10 miles or hundred miles, right? Like not much change there. So you have to have that really big why. And then if you're on the road for longer, the first trip was easy because it was like all this buildup and we had six, nine months to think about it or longer. And it was obvious where we were going. But then once you get to your like seventh trip, you gotta you gotta start dreaming a little bit more outside the box. Like I've never I never wanted to go to Williamsburg. Oh my gosh, that place is amazing. I'll go back. Like so I think it, it becomes you have to give yourself the freedom to dream big in this yeah. space because I think you could very easily get drugged down by the monotony, by the difficulty of RV life. Cause you're like, I don't want to do the black tank again. I just want to be in a, your, your scales are out of balance and yeah. it's no shame. A lot of our good friends have gotten off the road that have been on it. No shame, no judgment. But if they were doing 
you know, more stuff over here, maybe their incentive to get off the road would be smaller. We've we've wrestled with that ourselves. Well, maybe it'll just be easier and maybe we'll get off the road and maybe we'll be done. But once we dream again, it helps. Find us online. RVDreaming.tv. Remember to hit that subscribe button. And we're going to have more with World Share and Joe Myers after this. This is California. Here we come. Oh, we said we'd be always listening to the rv dreaming podcast be sure to subscribe and thanks for listening yeah you know it's it's funny you mentioned that because not only do you get that routine it's like i don't want to do the black tank i don't want to do that it just becomes work for me i've been on the road for uh three years now and 
I started developing routines where it's like, oh, I'm going to go here during this time. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. And I started doing that this year. And I started to realize I don't want to do the same thing over it. Otherwise, (laughs) I I get bored. I I really was like, I've been there. I've done that. You know, what happened to that sense Mm -hmm. of adventure? What happened to that excitement that I had when I first started where everything was fresh and new? And you can still get that. You just kind of have to step out of that comfort zone and say, you know what, I'm going. We're dealing with that right now. We're heading to the Outer Banks is our final destination for an October rally. And we're like, how do we get there? Do we go through the places we've gone through or do we explore these new places? And our best adventures have been in the new spots and -hmm. the new places. And it's like, do we go back to the, yeah. So it's, it's this balance of like, you, you kind of automatically go into the comfort zone and there's a balance there of like a little adventure, a little comfort, a little adventure, a little comfort. And you know, the comfort is laziness, you know, for me, yeah. cause it's like, Oh gosh, I can go back to that boondocking spot. I know how to get in. I know the roads are good. I don't get, I won't get stuck. I won't get like <laughs> whatever. It's laziness is, you know, oh, that's how I, I, I said, I need to snap out of it. This is not 100%. why I'm on the road. Exactly. Yeah. I think we, we, we wrestle with that. We actually have a seasonal spot this year in Florida and it's exactly that it's like it was it was tough to move every two weeks or three weeks or whatever our schedule was so we'll just book the seasonal make it nice and easy and I think we're justifying it with other expenses and other difficulties and building roots a little bit in that area and 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 some other stuff but it's 100% we're like that was hard we don't want to do that hard anymore we're going to do a different hard you know though there's on the flip side let me kind of put this out there as well I'm traveling a lot, moving every two or three days. So I'm kind of mm-hmm. checking out the towns and it's really just scratching the surface. But there's yep. an element to be said about living like a local in some of these really cool cities to where you can really park and be there for three weeks or four weeks or something like that and get to know the family that runs the diner and get to yep. know the people that run this uh, thing and, and really kind of build that community where you feel like you actually live there for a little bit and kind of get immersed in their culture and into their lifestyle, which is exciting, you know, and then you pack up and you start all over again in a new town. So there is, there is that too. Again, I'm kind of just scratching the surface on a lot of these different places, but I just know I was like, I'm missing a lot because I'm traveling so fast, you know, so there is a balance. For sure. Yeah. We do typically two weeks is our sweet spot when we're traveling and moving with the kiddos and school and work and other schedules, we find that's the best. And we do feel like week one and a half we're we're there and we feel like part of it. Like we know the gas station guy, we've gone to that restaurant maybe twice. We know where that exit is to (laughs) go faster home. Like all those little nuances and it, it, it becomes like a really fun, I, I truly enjoy like the game of figuring it out. Uh, and I have a little checklist of like, okay, where's my nearest gas station? Where's the nearest grocery store? Where's this? Where's that? And we like kind of checklist it before so you can like systematically know what you're looking for. But yeah, we feel like we feel like we have homes. We could go to probably a dozen places right now and feel like, oh yeah, Oh yeah, it's Betty over there and <laughs> Stu's Stu's working today and it it's is the greatest, weird that you're yeah. It's the greatest thing when you can get back to your campsite without using your GPS. Yeah. You know, where you just <laughs> you I, know, I, I, I know where to go. I know. I'm one of the only travelers maybe that has like a horrible sense of direction. So I use my GPS even when we were in our sticks and bricks to get home for like a year. So I know it's it's I know everyone's like, you probably really good. I'm like, no, I'm not hand i've no technical skills in like rv fixing and i need to use gps everywhere but i can still do it so maybe that's some encouragement i can google ask questions and ask favors those are my technical skills those are them in in that order and i literally will use gps to like 
get down the street and take a left. So, <laughs> you know, I'll do, that, I'll, I'll do that too, only because, you know, now the new GPS, it tracks traffic and everything. Yep. So, you know, if there's a wreck, because I've, yep. I've not used it before because I knew where I was going, but it just turned out that there was an intersection that was shut down because there was a big old wreck and it got into yeah. the detour. And I just go like, how do I just even just looked? you know, to make yep. sure that the route was clear, I could have saved myself a half hour. I didn't. Yep. And so that's kind of my excuse as to why I always put it on, but it's, it's one of those. That you For can sure. Ask. Yeah. I was, I was very nervous with my lack, lack of, lack of uh, navigational ability when we first started. I was like, I'm going to get lost in the middle of May and lose service <laughs> and be gone. There's been one or two times that I've like cell phone lost battery or I forgot to be my charger and I had to limp my way home. And I was yeah. like, I think I keep an extra GPS unit in the car, one of those like Garmin manual ones, just yeah. in case. Cause I'm like, I don't want to end up in. And you know. you know, you know what I've done is I use Google maps or Apple maps sometimes, but I'm going through areas where there's no cell service. And if I close maps accidentally or something happens, yep. I can't get it back. So now I've started when I know I'll download maps offline oh maps. smart so way, yeah no not smart that's something i learned the hard way <laughs> oh no you're like, oh, where where's that, my house that was an earned skill from desperation and stupidity you know because i went oh just gosh. closing out so i got off the phone or i was looking for music and i was closing apps that i didn't need and the yep. next thing you know poof i closed my gps and went oh crap and i couldn't get it back you know yeah that, that's yeah. a that's a lesson you learn we've done that a couple of times we're driving through and my it's on the navigation and you're like oh i want to change the song something very <laughs> mundane and not not essential you're not calling uh, emergency services yeah just very simple and then yeah for those of you who don't know if you don't have cell phone service your map will still work automatically. It, it very minimally tracks where you're at. You can see it. But as soon as you turn that thing off the main screen, you don't even have to like, <laughs> it has to be the only thing the whole time. If you touch it a little bit, it loses connection <laughs> and you are dead in the water. Yeah. And it's just a, just looking for the air, looking for the little car. You're like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where I'm at. I'm just going to go straight. Do you remember what the next exit was? No. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Let's hopefully cell phones pop up and we'll be good. <laughs> so that's the thing. Download maps. Download the little thing. It doesn't take up much space on your phone. It's a lifesaver. You know, you mentioned something earlier too, and I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly how you said it, but it, it doesn't. You said that you weren't, oh, it was your navigation. You didn't have the big navigation skills. Before yeah. that, you said something about your RV repair mechanical <laughs> skills. Um, you know, we're kind of at the same level or something yeah. as your as your navigation. I was 100%. talking to somebody and, and I said, you know, you don't have to be handy to be RVer. It definitely helps and it definitely comes in handy, but you might start out not being very handy in your RV, but by the time you're on the road for a couple of years, you're going to be yeah. very, very handy or you're going to end up realizing that you're going to yeah. spend a lot of time, you know, waiting around for RV techs or people for, you know, and, and spending a lot of money for something that, turns out to be a pretty easy fix yeah the, the, yeah I've, I've learned a, the google google youtube videos so for all those creators that created all those videos i've probably rewatched them thousands of times so thanks <laughs> you're welcome for the ad revenue yeah. and then fellow rvers fellow friends and and people that have walked me through stuff have been have been a lifesaver and the fact that you know by by the grace of god our, our rig has been very reliable relatively speaking we've been in it for almost two and a half years and very minimal item so i think my biggest one was changing a flat on the side of the highway and then changing out all my tires but other than that my rig has been very kind kind to us i've done little stuff and all the maintenance things i keep up with and 
yeah. all the, all the required things, and those are relatively simple once you once you Google it enough. So you do not need to be a you know electrician, mechanic, a woodworker, all of those things that I was like I, I got intimidated when I first started because we had a friend who RV'd for many years, and he was the most technical and do-it-yourself kind of guy ever. He owned a construction mm-hmm. company. And he was telling me all these things that he did. And I go, I can't. Nope, I'm out. I'm going to hire all this stuff out. And luckily, a rig's been good, which has been a grace. And then it's the things break in succession. So I'm only fixing one thing at a time. It only takes me a week to fix it. So we're in a good spot. So, yeah, I'm, I'm way more before RV. I'm very, very much prepared. Like the back of my truck has all the things I can do. I can handle about 80% of it without heading to the store because I've gotten burned so many times where you need, you need the part and Mm -hmm. the part doesn't exist in your County that you're in, in that, that moment. Oh, it's a little (laughs) light and it's a 320. Nope. They don't have that in the entire County. Like, how is that even possible? So I always now pack in bulk and it's like, if I'm I'm about to use the last one, I reorder. And I was typically the other way because at home, it's easy. Like there's seven stores near me. I don't need it urgently. I'm not leaving in the morning anywhere. It's kind of like that, that urgency of a, of a travel, of a trip for us every two weeks for you, every, every, every couple of days. And for you, and, and a lot of people say like, well, even if it doesn't exist in the County, I'll just get it on Amazon. They'll deliver it overnight or I'll just pick it up from you. So I was, in Mancus, Colorado. It's south. Uh, it's by Durango, southern. And I was needing to pick something up. I was uh, mooch docking out there. I was on Amazon and I needed to get something. I forget what I needed to have delivered. And I was on Amazon and I said, oh, it'll be here tomorrow. Prime one day. I'm a Prime member. Prime one day delivery. And so when I went to go check out and then I put the Menkis address into the shipping, it went from one day to seven days. <laughs> you know? Yep. And, uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little. And I'm like, wait a minute. This was Prime one day. And they're like, oh, no, yep. that's if I was having it shipped to my LA address. And I was like, well, now what? You know, I'm not going to be yep. here in seven days. You know, I don't yep. know where I'm going to be in seven days. That's just an importance to like, yeah, you should have the spare parts, spare bolts, nuts, things, just, you know, things that you need to even just jerry rig to get you through a week because yeah, just because you think, oh, if I can't find it or if I don't have it, I'll just get it online. Um, depending yeah. upon where you are, you may not be able to get it in any sort of reasonable amount of time. And if it's something that's going to feed your electrical, your water pumps, your propane or something like that, you know, you kind of need yep. it now. Yeah, that's a that's a lesson we've learned as well. You go into the app and you're like, oh, this will be uh, no. OK, uh, no. I guess we're trying if the Dollar Tree has anything. Yeah. Dollar Tree is in every city. So you could at least mm-hmm. have that as a backup option. But. Not, not you know, the best for maintenance items. Find us online. TV. Remember to hit that subscribe button. Got a dopamine rush. Got a major league crush when you're next to me. Got my heart upon my sleeve. Can I hide the way I feel when you're next to me, girl?
Dreaming podcast. Be sure to subscribe and thanks for listening. I want to go back to your why and I want to touch on this a little more because I know it's important to you guys about service on the road. You started World Share specifically for that purpose, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to do things. Can you talk about maybe some of the projects that you've done or if people are on the road and they go, man, I want to go and serve too. I want to do this. Yeah, I would say like the, the first thing we've, I, I've been volunteering for pretty much my entire life. My family was into it and me and my wife do it a lot. And so I think the first thing, and it's, you sort of have to look internally first. I know it's a weird place to start when you're thinking about externally helping people, but you have to look is what, what's going to fill your bucket. And it's sort of a selfish way of looking at it, not a selfless act, but if you want longevity in it, and it's something that I recommend of like doing it as a lifetime, not just once, find something that like really fills your heart. We used to serve at a, um, a women's shelter. And that was that really that was really a part of our bucket and history and some family stuff. And then with Make a Wish, because our we love the connection with Disney and their connection there, and we've had some friends go through their program. So I think step one about us serving is was like look internally and say, okay, where where is my bucket gonna be filled? Like at the end of this long day, I might be in the heat, I might have poor direction because a lot of these volunteer organizations just don't have good structure. It might take me really long to get there, but at the end of the day, like I'm gonna. Put in this work and then I'm going to give them, but I'm going to get something back. That's that like selfless act of like, I'm going to look in this, I'm going to look at this internally first, because that will allow for longevity. You see people that are volunteering for 30 years, some places like, how did you, how'd you do it for 30 years? Well, every day they came in and they got something from that. Their bucket was filled. They were part of the organization. Their why was big. So for us, our why is serving kids in these communities that we travel. 
we have two young boys we've kind of fluctuated with their ages because we can really relate to them and then for our kids is that they get a chance to serve their peers and it's different for them serving a an elderly person or a, or a younger person but they're going to serve their peers and so they can really have this really deep relationship with them and have community with them and be friends with them and and it really feels natural and then it's something that they do all the time world share was started according with that vision and then expanded to help equip others before it was just us like we were on a cruise ship we were traveling we want to serve and then people would ask us like how can i help how can i help how can i help and then so we kind of expand that vision so we started the organization so on our website uh world-share.org uh, we actually grab our impact kits and you can buy those on there we'll ship them to you free of charge on the shipping and you can buy those impact kits while you're traveling we'll send them anywhere obviously you have to know where you're going to be but we'll send them anywhere and then you and your family can assemble them together because that's part of the process write some personalized notes to the kiddos and the and the people receiving them and then while you're traveling you can either do an intentionally you can go to places where low income kids will be uh, laundry mats Walmarts, food banks, etc., and hand them out intentionally, or you can do it passively. While you're traveling, you might be at a diner or a, or a restaurant, or you might be at a place and you see a kid that might need a, a boost in his day. And so you hand it out to them. Very simple, but the, the simple fact of giving, if you've never done it before, highly recommend it. If you don't do it frequently, find a way for you to do it frequently. The simple act of giving, it is just fills your heart, fills your soul. You have a different mindset. For us, it's like, have you ever seen a teenager I'm only picking on teenagers that are always on their phone. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just this. Yeah. That's me when I'm not in the giving heart and a giving mode is on this. I'm looking at my life and my things and what I'm doing. But as soon as I kind of put the eyes up and I'm like looking around, your kind of whole heart changes and mind changes. And for us, that, that really fills our bucket. Some people, you know, they love the hikes. They love that time and place for that. For us as a family, we could go on a six mile hike or we could serve for five hours. At the end of the day, our family's gonna have a bigger impact in our own, our, our own self, no matter the impact externally, we're gonna have the better day serving for five hours. That was hard to learn, but a lesson we're really happy about that we, we we learned that. And some people like once a month is good for me and I love it and it's perfect or once a year or every six months or every year. And I'd rather do the other stuff and I'll donate to my organization back home. That's you, awesome. But for us is like hands and feet, really in the world, in the word. And obviously as Christians, we don't do it for anything other than that it, it really fills our bucket. You know, you, you mentioned some things in there that you gotta be in that giving mood and you know, and it just, it really, when you do that, it, it enlightens your day, it brightens someone else's day. Yep. There's just there's just a lot of that that's out there. Cause now, you, you know, sometimes in the world, depending upon where you're at, you can just get bombarded by people wanting, give me, give me, give me, you know, and whatever. Yep. And you can give that way, but sometimes it's not always with a grateful or generous heart, you know, more out of obligation. I read a, uh, I read a book, I think it was a chicken soup for the soul. And it was like the difference between heaven and hell. And this is a symbolism, not a representation from a biblical perspective, mm -hmm. but it talked about in, in hell, everyone had spoons that were too long to feed themselves. And it was attached to their hand. So the spoon is out here 
and there's yeah. nothing you can do to get the, the food in your mouth. So everyone is sort of praying that they're unlimited food, but there's nothing they could do to get the food in their mouth. And so that happened. And in heaven, the reverse was we fed our, they fed each other. So it was the same resources, the same environment, the same situation. We're just giving and loving and this relationship. And it's, that, that truly fills our bucket. Doing it of free will, it is, there's a wildly different heart space than you're in right. versus the the obligation of the other side of the story of like, I walk into this of my own free will to give of me to you. It's a different, it's a different game versus the required social service. Yeah. Um, I think, I think the discernment as well. And then the, also the other part of it is like letting go to the outcome, mm -hmm. like being good in the moment of like, we volunteered at places and we've picked weeds and we've served and we fixed. We put in what our work is in our heart, in our way and set them up for success in that if that's appropriate in the situation. But if we walk out of there and two months later we come back and everything's broken and all the weeds are back, yeah. we don't hold any ill will in that moment or like that was a waste of time because of the relationships and, and your heart in the moment and the impact in the moment is, I think, one of the most important things. And for us, we partner with local churches. So there's an individual who needs additional assistance or we'll, we'll support that effort and direct them that way. But yeah, I think that's, that's one of those things where you're like, you give in a good heart, be discerning, and then let God take care of the rest. For people who want to get more information on, on your nonprofit, on your organization, or just get in touch with you in general, um, so, how can people do that? Uh, Instagram is the best way. Uh, we're most active kind of on that channel. Uh, so it's at worldshare.family. Uh, you can head to the website to learn more about it, learn about where we're at, uh, learn about what we have going on and buy the kits at world-share.org. All right. Joe, thanks so much for uh, joining me today on RV Dreaming. Service is just a... Uh, something that you don't have to leave behind when you hit the road. There's lots of ways to different serve and lots of different ways that you can find that joy and that fulfillment in your life. If, if that's what's holding you back, being able to meet people that are out there. I know a lot of people that just like serving in their local community, uh, yep. but there is an impact that you can make if, when you're out on the road as well. Absolutely agree. Thank you so much for hosting this. It's exciting to, to really talk about the, the dream behind it and the why as well. So thank you again. No problem. We've been talking with Joe Myers from World Share Families. Again, you can find them on Instagram at World Share. What is it? World Share Families? World Share dot family. Yep. World Share dot family. And uh, on the interwebs as well at um, world dash share dot org. Perfect. Maybe, right. maybe you're a part of the organization, I got right? It. <laughs> and then we'll also include all of that information in the show notes as well. So you don't even have to remember it. Just go over to the comments and the show notes and click on the link and it'll bring you right there. So Love Joe, it. thanks again for um, for chatting. Best of luck to you guys. I can't wait to see you in, in the future and um, safe travels as always. Join the conversation. Facebook.com slash RV Dreaming TV. Or leave us a voice message on our hotline. 714-623-9824. 714-623-9824. That's 714-623-9824. Leave us a voice message. You might just hear yourself on an upcoming episode of the RV Dreaming Podcast. Thanks for listening. To the RV Dreaming Podcast. See the action on Instagram. Stuart doing stuff. Hear about it on the podcast. Be sure to subscribe. We'll see you in the next episode. 